You want more calm and I have the recipe for you to have less overwhelm in your life. Each week, I'll bring you stories, interviews, and tips on how to get more calm in your life. Sometimes there'll be actually recipes too. So join me each week, Teresa Dioulis, an advanced certified life coach and certified culinary nutrition expert to find your recipe for calm. We have a wonderful treat today of having, having Emily Wardrop on to interview, and I will let her introduce herself in a minute, but I just wanted, by way of saying we went through uh, advanced coach training with Jody Moore together, and um, she's a fellow mom, and she has five kids. She can introduce the ages, but um, I just really admire her. She inspired me also to start a podcast. Um, she's new to podcasting, but I wanted to have her on today to talk about overwhelm and calm as well, because I know, again, we all have our own experiences, but so without further ado, I'll let her introduce herself and talk about her podcast, her coaching, and then we'll get to the questions. So Emily. Cool. Thanks. All right. So yeah, I'm Emily Wardrop from Drop the Ward Life Coaching, where we help moms of young kids uh, create more peace in their parenting. And so this is exactly my jam, like creating peace, even though you're in the overwhelm and the stress and all the things. And I actually am the T1D moms coach. And so, um, if you or anyone, you know, has any kids that have type one diabetes, that is, um, my latest jam of my jam. (laughs) So I, yeah, like you said, I have five kids, two of them have type one diabetes. Um, my oldest kid is not nine yet. I keep saying he's nine. My husband's like, he's still eight. Uh, I skipped that year. <laughs> I've been calling him nine for a long time. Anyway. Um, and then my baby is not a baby anymore, which is very exciting that we're done with the baby phase. Like every day I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so glad we're not doing that anymore. Um, so yeah, she should be the last. Of course, you just never yeah, know yeah. for sure. But <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know if I answered all your questions. Yeah, no, that's, I always laugh even when you just said about the babies, like I always, there's that adage of like, we make plans and God laughs. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Much as I you know. think you're, you're done with your five. That's, I wasn't sure where, as I thought all of your five were under 10 as I'm, our kids yep. and they were in different, I, we have four and our kids age, age ranges are now 20 to 25, 26, mm. no, 20, 20 to 26. Um, um, and that's about to change because April's when when our two girls were born, but um, sort of the different ages of spectrums um, of kids, but still, you know, as my mom said, when I was pregnant with our oldest, um, cause I had to be put on bed rest several times. And I oh. said, I can't wait till she's born and I can stop worrying. Huh. And I've heard this from so many people and my mom looked at me and she said, are you kidding me? She said, you're never going to stop worrying about your kids. And speaking of someone now, and our oldest just got married this past year and she's okay. actually visiting right now. It's so true. Like, I don't think you ever stop worrying about your kids. I don't know if that's something you, you know, think about or not, but I mean, and as a mom too, with type type one at diabetes, I imagine that adds a layer of concern. Um, Yeah, for sure. And so as a human being and a mom, yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like my mother-in-law still can't sleep through the night. I don't think (laughs) she keeps like, it's, um, it's really hard to sleep when you're worried. Right. And especially, yeah, yeah, with the diabetes, you've got monitors going off all the time or your brain, at least it's hard to shut it down from like catastrophizing. Right. But as a life coach, um, I find it to be helpful to think about worry as not helpful. (laughs) Right. So the emotion of worrying, um, is kind of like 
well, that's a different tangent, but the emotion of worrying, what the actions that it drives and the result that you get is not usually, you know, the result that you're looking for. And so to know that at least intellectually, like as a life coach and like being able to see it in the model, um, is just sort of something I try to remind myself, but of course I'm always going to be human and all the emotions are fine and it's okay to feel worried too, (laughs) but just to like, kind of keep it in check to, because like I said, like you can't sleep if you're worried all night and you have to sleep (laughs) in order for you to be healthy, to keep your own brain intact enough to take care of your kids, you know? And so, um, it's just interesting that you mentioned worry. (laughs) Because yeah. no, I can I go saying, on a tangent about and, anything. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of it. Like we talk about emotions and you you bring up a good point. Like all, all, I mean, I think of that in terms of whether it's emotions or feelings interchangeably, but they're all valid and we are human, like you said. And, and I think, I mean, I don't know when you came to life coaching and those diagnoses came in, into your um, kids' lives, but I know even as a parent, like, again, I'm on the other end of it, but I only came to life coaching um, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So Again, I've been into thought, my undergraduate degrees in behavioral science. I've been very interested in the field of psychology and, you know, thought work to an extent, but just not, I haven't gotten the value out of life coaching up until a couple of years ago. So yeah. it's really helped me process my emotions. That was not something I learned. Um, but I still worry, you know, I still have feelings of anxiety and, you know, even trying to learn more about creating more calm and creating less overwhelm and trying to help people really pinpoint that more, but recognizing, as they say, it's a journey. There are still moments, you know, and I would imagine for you, you know, especially with the um, children with type one diabetes, but even your other children too, because, you know, Mm -hmm. any child, you know, even myself, I tripped going up the stairs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And so I could sit around all day long worrying about you and your stairs, or I could like get something done. (laughs) Right. And that's what I was going to say, you know, I could ask the question, you know, what do you do? Like, have, have you noticed, um, with the, if the alarms are going up, I think the last time we talked, actually, when I was on your podcast, you did have alarms going off so oh, you yeah. just and you went and you handled it. So uh-huh. how has coaching helped you? Do you think, um, worry less or be feel less overwhelmed? I guess is a good question. Oh my goodness. It's like, I don't even know where to begin to tell you how much coaching has helped me with this. So the way I tell the story, actually, I found coaching before the diagnosis, which I was sitting there as overwhelmed as anyone else in the hospital when she first was diagnosed mm-hmm. with like what this diagnosis would mean for her, for our family forever, you know, because usually your kid is yeah. sick, you take them to the hospital, there's like a hope of it getting better. <laughs> like this is something yeah. that they're going to have forever. Right. Yeah. And so thoughts like that create overwhelm. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so just knowing that, that like my thoughts are creating my feelings is so powerful because like you said, feeling our feelings is so powerful too. Like once you've mm-hmm. thought it and you felt it, there's no going back. Like you have to feel mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you've thought it, yeah. you know, but then mm-hmm. in the future, you can maybe manage your mind a little bit more with more helpful thoughts. Anyway, I just was there at the hospital feeling so overwhelmed also with gratitude that I had these coaching tools. Like I had a um, a scheduled coaching session in self-coaching scholars that day mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. or one of the days that I was at the hospital and I'm, you know, keeping my appointment. I'm on my phone instead of my yeah. computer, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm at the hospital right now. She's like, girl, go take care of your daughter. You don't need to be on this call. I'm like, I need coaching right now. Are you kidding me? You know? Yeah. And so it just was like, but it was like supposed to be a business coaching. And she's like, you do not need to worry about your business right now. You need to go take care of your daughter, you know? Yes. Anyway, it's just, 
I can't even like, I can go on forever about the coaching tools, how they help me. And that's why I want to help other moms that I, I literally cannot imagine being a mom at all, let alone a T1D mom without these tools. Yeah. And so I don't think I specifically answered your question about how no, you it did. helps with overwhelm. Yeah. No, I think even the fact that you were taking care of yourself. I mean, I think that's the important thing to point out here. You know, we talk about self-care so much in society, whether it's, you know, make time for yourself, whether it's taking a walk or taking a bath, we think of, you know, journaling, all those activities and stuff, but coaching itself really is truly mm-hmm. a tool as you refer to it. And if for people who aren't familiar with self-coaching scholars, if you're, um, you can join self-coaching scholars, you don't have to be a life coach to do that. Um, it is, the life coach school provides a monthly fee. You can do that, or you can hire someone like Emily or myself to be your coach. And there's lots of coaches out there that you can coach, but it is following the um, model of the life coach school that we go through. And it is a wonderful tool that helps you manage your mind and helps you process your thoughts and feelings and how you process the world. And um, yeah. when you agree, I mean, that's, it's just a huge benefit that, um, as you said, it can help manage the overwhelm. It's not that we're trying to get rid of anything or yeah. get rid of any feelings that come up. Cause I think that's just the reality. Like you said, you ended up having a second child to get diagnosed then with type mm-hmm. one diabetes, not just yep. the first one. <laughs> yep. So you have two out of your five. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so somebody asked me today, which everyone asks actually, um, does it run in your family? Cause especially with two, it seems like it runs in your family and that's sort of one of the perceptions of diabetes, I guess, is it's hereditary. So instead of, she said, does it run in your family? I said, no, just running in the world. Because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is right now. So yeah. the thing with diabetes, not to get on a huge tangent, but um, basically something attacks your pancreas and it can't produce insulin anymore. Right. Type one diabetes, right? Type two is like manageable with, um, with lifestyle and um, and diet, and you know, like you can yeah. help your pancreas produce more insulin, but type mm-hmm. one is like, it's kaput. Like it's done. It doesn't yeah. produce insulin anymore. And that can happen from a common cold, you know, any virus attacks your pancreas. And so we've had, you know, pretty serious virus going around the world the past couple of yeah. years. Yeah, and definitely. so there's been a huge rise in diabetes and it's not just juvenile diabetes anymore. They don't call it that. Cause it's all the ages, like anybody, right. anyway. So, but can I go back to self-care real quick? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Cause, um, this is so huge. So huge. I just started actually a T1D mom support group call. And that's how I advertise it. It's like, this is your time to take care of you because you spend all day and all night, right. Yeah. Worrying and taking care and taking like managing them and their diabetes. It's time for you to like, take care of you. So for just one little half hour of the week, <laughs> you can come and like relax with me. We do like a a breathing and a meditation and a prayer and a receiving and to become our own parenting experts, because this is my whole thing with parenting in general and specifically mm-hmm. with type one diabetes. Cause I was like working on this for years. And then I get this new monkey wrench in the, in the machine is that like, I am trying to tap into my own inner wisdom, my own intuition, trying to tap into God and his revelation and, and my inspiration, you know, as to how to parent, because there's no right or wrong way to parent. There's a lot of information out there yeah. and you can just use that information against yourself, which is what my whole podcast is about. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm like splintered in a million different directions here. So, um, focus is not my forte <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, your own inner wisdom. Right. And so we do that on the call too, is that like, 
we, for sure, especially like with a medical condition like that, we want to listen to our doctors and our nurses and get all the medical, um, help that we need. But sometimes we just rely on things outside of us way too much. So in anything in parenting, like I read all the books, you know, and was like doing everything exactly by the book until like the books started contradicting each other. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? And then just with the onslaught of information we have nowadays, like we have to be able to tap into our own intuition because there is no right or wrong way. That's why there's so many ways. (laughs) Yeah. And to just really trust. And it's fun because in business building, it's the same thing. You know, all the experts are telling us how to be an entrepreneur or how to build our business. And they don't work if they don't come from ourselves. Like, because our own thoughts need to be on board. And if we're just doing it because like, oh, somebody said this is going to work. Like, that's not necessarily the right juju juice for getting our machine rolling, you know? Yeah. We're trying to fit a square into a circle and it doesn't fit us. Like, you know, there's, there are multiple ways that you, I always think of there's, um, you can plug into ways, a route, but you know, three routes might show up in one yeah. way. They'll all get you to the same place, but one way might be a better fit for you. And exactly. I think too, tapping into your, I mean, I think it's wonderful that you've, um, created this support group for moms of kids with type one diabetes, especially because I always think of that whole, you know, put your oxygen mask on first before your children's, because you've got to take care of yourself first and, um, being able to provide the tools especially like you said, there's so much information and, you know, especially with the internet and we want to, whether it's save money, save time, if it's the two o'clock in the morning when you're up with a kid who is Mm -hmm. sick or, or even yourself, because your brain is on overload Mm -hmm. and you're researching things. And that's not the best time. I remember hearing somebody, Mm -hmm. it's not the best time to be doing anything. Probably you'd be better off for sure. Making decisions. (laughs) Exactly. You'd be better off turning on some music or reading a book that has nothing to do with what you're concerned about, because that's just, not the best time for uh, cognitive thought exactly. <laughs> necessarily, yeah. but, um, and I, and I think any of us can relate to it, whether it's a chronic illness or whatever, like if we just have concerns, you know, but we need again to process and allow ourselves that compassion and grace to feel the feelings that we're having instead of ignoring them. Cause I think that's what a lot yeah. of us tend to do is judge ourselves. We shouldn't be worrying. We shouldn't be worrying sometimes, you know, and we've learned that too, like both ends of those extremes of like shaming and blaming ourselves. that's not empowering ourselves either. So I think that's great that you're offering a place for people to air whatever they're feeling, whatever they're thinking and having that acceptance of knowing I'm I'm frustrated, I'm whatever, but trusting you bring up so much that intuition, I think is an important piece. I know I've been there. We we have a child who was chronically ill for several years and I, I kept trying to get the answers. I mean, sometimes you know your child more than anybody. Like, I don't know whether you had intuition when your second one was sick, like, and you knew, like, oh, we sure found it a lot sooner. Yeah. Yes. So that, that instinct too, of trusting ourselves, you know, I think that's such an important piece of this, what you're saying is, um, when you just can trust yourself to know whatever it is and, and not ignoring those red flags, so to speak. But, um, yeah. and I think coaching for me, life coaching has really helped me tap into that so much more, you know? And so I don't know, that's, that's one thing. And that's, why I just wanted to ask, um, if that is, if there's any specific thought that you can think of, I've been talking on our, on my podcast, trying to help my listeners learn more about intentional thoughts, like having those intentional thoughts and how powerful that is. Is there anything that you, you regularly think? Yeah. And I know that you're religious too. Do you talk about that on your podcast? I haven't yet, but that is something for me. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 that is for me very strong, but that's, I didn't know. I mean, I'm, I want to 
present anything and everything, you know, to my listeners. So yeah, because um, one thing that's a helpful thought for me is um, I think about it as well, actually, well, this is kind of a new thing that Jody Moore keeps talking about recently is like, the voices in your head are kind of like a boardroom that has all the different people around the table, you know, yeah. Yeah. and it's like, you don't want to just like, okay, idiot in the corner, like, we don't want to hear what you have to say, like, everybody is allowed to speak their piece, right. But, um, but you don't have to always like go with the idea <laughs> that everyone right. brings up, like, yeah, if you're having exactly. a, a, uh, what is that called? I was going to say brainwashing session. That's not what I mean. Brainstorming. Brainstorming. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're just brainstorming ideas, all the ideas are valid or whatever, you're not going to go with them. And so that's kind of what ideas in your mind or your different thoughts are like, you know, and, and so you don't have to shut it down. You can like with kindness be like, okay, brain. Yeah. I heard you. Thanks. And I'm yeah. going to think that anymore. <laughs> I'm yeah, exactly. not going to run with that. I don't have to yeah. believe that because we don't have to believe every thought we think. We just think exactly. Yeah. But that's what the metacognition, you know, is like thinking about our thinking and then deciding whether we want to continue to think it on purpose or not. And that is like an awesome skill to be able to develop. And, um, and then as far as what I was going to say about God, it's like, if you're listening to the different voices in your head, I've just, I've just been trying to figure out like, which one is his voice, you know, like, Mm -hmm. when is it coming from him? When is it inspiration? When is it coming from, from like trauma, you know, like it's traumatic to get a diagnosis like this. And a lot of people have like a really traumatic experience with their child. Um, and so of course, like the brain has been affected by that. And so you're going to easily go to those thoughts. And so to remember, this is just my brain acting on, on, you know, the wound that it's received. It's not true. It's just, it's just trauma. And trauma is kind of a buzzword right now. And there's a lot of help with trauma right now, which is really great. And they used to even, like, I've heard it called big T trauma or little T trauma. And I don't find that useful because that's just like judging your, your problems against someone else's problems. It's like everyone goes through trauma, like as a human being, I mean, it's traumatic the way we're birthed into this world. Like, so we're always, you know, anyway. Um, So just for me trying to hear his voice in my head sounds kind and loving and compassionate. Like you were saying, like full of grace and understanding. It's not the nagging voice in my head. Cause there is a nagger at that table. It's like, you know, you shouldn't be laying in bed, eating true fruit and watching Netflix. You should get up and work your <laughs> business or, exactly. or, or what a slacker mom. Like your kids are just down there eating, whatever you haven't even dosed them, like get up and go help your kid. You know, like sometimes like he just doesn't talk to me like that. He talks to me in like gentle reminder kind of ways, like the kind of parent that I want to be, that I'm totally not. I'm like the nagging voice of my head usually because that's what I'm hearing, you know, but as I'm better at hearing him and his kindness and his gentleness, then I'm better at treating myself that way and treating my kids that way. And it is just, it's just a lens, right? Yes. That we see the world through and it starts anywhere. Like you can start by trying to be more kind to yourself or trying to be more kind to your kids or trying to be, but, um, but it is a lot of, of brain management and that, that skill of like being able to even notice what you're thinking. Cause when I first found coaching, I did not believe it. I was like, no, no, my irritation is coming from my child. 
Yeah. Yeah. He is causing the irritation. There's no thought. It's like a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. And so to be able to slow it down and figure out what some of those thoughts are, I didn't even know what the thoughts were for a long time. I've just like borrowed some that I heard like, oh, this is ridiculous. That's what Jody always said that her brain went to it. And I'm like, yes, that <laughs> I'm thinking well, this like is ridiculous. Thoughts too. Like instead of recognizing, okay, I, I hear you, but I'm going to, I'm going to decide in the morning, like you're my 3am thought, like, you know, yes. okay, brain, you can run wild, but I'm going to go to sleep now, or I'm going to wait till the morning to make this decision, you know, just recognizing that and honoring that, you know, I think that's such a, an important thing. Again, And like you said, this managing that whole, when we use those terms, managing your mind, you know, um, Mm -hmm. not, not having that blame, like you're saying, you know, just recognizing that. um, Yeah. And well, it's like the manager at the front of the boardroom table is like managing all the weird comments from everybody, but he's not like, Hey, idiot. No, we're not thinking that we're sleeping right now. You know, (laughs) just like, (laughs) just calmly reminding it. And because, you know, they say what you resist persists. So exactly. as you're resisting the thoughts, then they're like, hello, hello. They're like a toddler that you're not listening yeah. to is pulling on your shorts. It's so annoying. Exactly. It's, <laughs> so you just acknowledge it. Okay, brain. Yeah. I know you think that I should be worried right now about yeah. whatever. And, and even yeah. when you brought up the comparison, I think everybody has their own cross to bear. Like, and some people can handle, I always think that if you've ever known the moms that can do thousands of things and have their kids in every activity and not look like they're breaking a sweat. And you're uh-huh. like, you do one thing and everything's exactly. okay. Like you said, everybody has their own, you know, thresholds and all are, all are welcome. So yeah. I know you have to go. I, um, my last question, since my podcast is the recipe for calm, not to put you on the spot, but as a mom okay. of five, do you have a favorite recipe that's your go-to recipe that doesn't cause stress for you to cook for your kids or prepare? And it could be chicken nuggets, you know, anything. Oh, good night. We're talking about actual recipes. Yeah, oh, I hate food. <laughs> Everything about food. I need your podcast if that's what this is about. Yeah. Oh, no, I just am always curious what people oh, do. Oh, man. Oh, I would just say ramen. Like, okay. that's the only thing my kids want to eat. They'll okay. eat it for three meals a day if I'll let them. Awesome. Well, hey, whatever makes it easier. I figure I literally tried to make dinner last night and then they ended up just eating ramen anyway. I'm like, why do we even try? (laughs) (laughs) And and they will eat fruits and vegetables also. So I can like rationalize it. I'm like, they get nutrients from somewhere, some other time snacking or whatever, but (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. I just figure ages and stages too, seasons of life, whatever, you know, whatever people can get from it too. So, well, Um, tell people where they can find you on the internet and, or where, you know, about your program, where they can Yeah. So I mentioned my podcast, it's called believe you are a good mom. And don't get me started on that if we're trying to wrap up, but, um, (laughs) but what we tend to do is comparison or whatever, a million reasons we, we beat ourselves up, right? We think that we're a terrible mom. Our brain feeds us this lie all the time that you're a terrible mom. And when you think you're a terrible mom, how do you feel? How do you show up? And guess what? You continue to be a quote unquote, terrible mom. And so I just want to flip that script. Like, why don't you just think it on purpose that you're a good mom and then you'll feel good and then you'll show up good. And then you will be a good mom. And it really is as simple as that. That really is how it works. And it's as complicated as I have like a million podcast episodes, even though I just started because I have so much to say about this. So yeah, there's that. And then dropthewar.com is my website where you can find everything. If you're interested in the diabetes stuff, it's dropped the war.com forward slash t1d and that's like kind of where i have all of that support housed and you can sign up for the calls and everything there so yes and your podcast is awesome and you know yeah. you're doing great work thank you so much for being on today and um go go give emily's podcast a listen and uh she has so many great guests that she's interviewed too so lots of great information thank, there. So thank you so much for coming on today emily yes thank you all right, all right take care Wasn't Emily so much fun to listen to and hear all of her great insights? 
we could talk for hours. I just, every time we've gotten together talking, we just talk and talk. I wanted to leave you with a quick homestyle ramen recipe after hearing her talk about what her go-to food is to feed her family. These are ingredients you probably have in your pantry and fridge. You'll need a quart of low sodium or no sodium chicken broth, a teaspoon of garlic powder, a teaspoon of sea salt, three tablespoons nutritional yeast, eight ounce package of ramen style noodles, one tablespoon butter or oil, four to eight eggs, and three green onions sliced. In a soup pot over high heat, you're gonna add your broth, garlic powder, sea salt, and nutritional yeast. Bring that to a boil and then add your rice noodles. Reduce your heat to medium and then cook for four to five minutes just until the noodles are tender. Meanwhile, in a frying pan, add your butter oil and then cook one to two eggs per person. You're gonna just either make fried eggs or over easy eggs. Then once the noodles are done, ladle your servings of the ramen broth mixture into bowls and then top with eggs and garnish with the sliced green onions. This is a calming recipe because it's quick and easy. Your nutritional yeast is filled with B vitamins, which is very good for your heart. It's anti-inflammatory. It um, also, the noodles, if you choose a brown rice noodle, is a complex carbohydrate, which again is very blood sugar balancing. You've got um, the nutritional yeast also has some protein in it as well. And the eggs, if you use them as well, are a great source of healthy fats and um, protein. So as a quick ramen, it is a nice little meal for you that's quick and easy that you can pull together. You can also consider this with a, a salad to, to round that out. Um, but again, if not, it's just a comfort food and sometimes that just fits the bill. Thank you for listening. Until next week, I wish you great health and calm.